when the Russian Air Force had their base here in Kunma Darash, those were good times, said Tarzan, a hugely fat man with long, drooping moustaches and the overdeveloped biceps that had earned him his nickname. You could get anything by trading in those days, caviar for palinka, vodka for wood, chocolate for diesel fuel. Tarzan knew he had been a big shot back then, a man respected because he was friends with the occupying Russians. He had an in with them and could get his happy black marketeer's hands on anything not tied down, and a good deal of anything that was. We lived better when the Russians were here. Now that they're gone, people are poor. There's no restaurant here because no one can afford to eat out. There are no hotels. There's nothing going on. Back then, the population of Kunmadarash was 8,000. Today, it's 4,000. He looked tragic, although the emotion didn't quite reach his eyes. Those remained hard calculating. In the good old days, I smuggled caviar into Vienna, which he sold on the black market. Yuda winked with sly complicity, for his own Viennese apartment had been Tarzan's base. Fine Russian caviar and Russian champagne. Tarzan chuckled. The good old days. Those days were over. Townsfolk now considered Tarzan a traitor, someone who had traded with Russian communist occupiers. Tarzan, a non-Roma, Mariska, his Roma second wife, and their two grubby young children, and Imre, Tarzan's adult son from a previous marriage, all lived in a cinder-block box of a house at the shabby end of Kunmadarash. There was a front yard of sticky mud, rubble and smash toys. In one far corner, a huge and doleful Rottweiler, on a pitifully short chain, passed his life in a metal barrel. Rooms inside the house were filled with defeated sticks of furniture, and rotting clothes were tossed into corners. It was a scene of reeking, filthy poverty, although Tarzan had a decent job as a night watchman working shifts all over the country. While he was gone, Mariska frittered away the household money on the slot machines. Because bills were left unpaid, it was Udo, the good westerner, the loyal friend of twenty years, who helped out, handing over the cash for electricity and water. He also brought huge bags of barely used clothing, family rejects he managed to rescue before his wife's sharp scissors could cut them into shreds. She would never let parasites profit from an Austrian's hard-earned salary. Tarzan never did pay back the money Udo lent him. That didn't matter. Tarzan was his best friend. He does me favours. Such as? Udo's fuchsia-stained face was moist. He introduces me to attractive women. That you pay for? Well, only once, he squirmed. Tarzan introduced me to a nice girl. I thought she liked me, and I took her out to dinner, then brought her back to my room. The next morning she told me how much I owed her. I hadn't expected that. 
we sat in Tarzan's kitchen on a hideous upholstered cosy corner bench at a newly near kitchen table, both recent gifts from Udo. But in Tarzan's house, all degraded quickly. The table was already battered, sticky, from a fat-encrusted stove mere inches away, a seething pot of offal, paprika, and onions sent jets of greasy sauce onto the cosy corner's flower-print cushions. Tarzan and Udo conversed in a strange German mixed with Russian, Hungarian, English, and nonsense words, a passepartout language concocted over the years. Tarzan was complaining about Mariska in a sad, self-pitying way. He couldn't control her loose-fingered relationship with money. He didn't know if she was faithful to him. When he was away, she returned to Roma society, to her pipe-smoking mother's house. I only stay with her because of the children, he said mournfully. This was clearly untrue. It was a statement made to save face. In reality, Tarzan was fascinated by Mariska's great beauty and enslaved by her indifference. He was also a jealous man, and when I offered to take Mariska's photo, he was cold and forbidding. I don't want her to get ideas. Tarzan and Mariska had met during his successful days when, apart from smuggling caviar, he had deep-fried sausages and other fatty meats at his popular fast-food stand. Attracted by such material success, Mariska had sashayed up and down the dirt road, flashing him looks rich with seductive promise. He soon abandoned his alcoholic first wife, who never left her bed, and took up with this woman, twenty-five years his junior. But the fast-food concern was no more, and caviar smuggling had ended with Russian military withdrawal. When Tarzan's status declined, so did Mariska's. She found days of household chores and parenthood a bore. Now, her luxuriant black hair falling to her waist, she lounged in the doorway of the oily kitchen. She knew no German, no Russian, and no English, but watched us intently, as though by mere observation she could understand the conversation. She would not sit with us on the cosy corner. Can you tell me anything about the pogrom of 1946? I asked Tarzan. I was determined to question everyone I met. Someone had to know something. Tarzan examined a smudge on the far wall. I heard about it. Have you any details? No. He turned to Udo, as if seeking help. Do you remember when we went drinking with the Russian soldiers? Hard drinker, those Russians, said Udo to me. We'd go out to their cabana on the edge of town, and they'd fill our glasses with vodka. As soon as we finished one glass, we had to drink another, and another. There was no way we could refuse. Dewey-eyed, Tarzan pulled out more anecdotes, warm, sweet morsels. All that remained of the glorious past. Money grew on trees back then. He sighed with deep melancholy, before again becoming perky. Of course, there are still deals to be made. 
good deals, if you're clever enough. He recounted how, as night watchman, he siphoned off diesel fuel from company trucks, spirited away sacks of animal feed, and then sold the booty here in town. You come see where I'm working. It's near Cunhegius. It's a big company. I'll show you around. And when you want animal feed or diesel fuel, come to me. Tarzan's the man you need to know. He chuckled, then sobered. Still, it's not the same. The Russians, everyone liked them. They were fun. You could trade with them, do real business. Yudo wanted to show me where the Russians' cabana stood, where so many amusing nights had been passed, swilling down vodka. We drove down a dirt trail, barked, set out on foot into the brackish green swampland. Mosquitoes and midges swirled around us in a crazed, starved frenzy. A beautiful black snake nonchalantly crossed our path before slipping into the rushes. Little of the cabana remained, a few rotting poles, a collapsed thatched roof. All was sinking slowly into a moist, weedy tangle. Those absent on the great Hungarian plain. Published by Claret Press. Thank you.